Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. You can get it on iTunes under the Pulp Hockey Show. You can get it on Stitcher, and you can get it on PulpHockey.com, of course. And uh, we really appreciate the downloads. We appreciate the comments. Uh, last week, we just did one with Ray Ferraro. And uh, the week before, we uh, lined up a few other guys. And we're going to do them in the summer here and there. Obviously, with the cup being awarded out, we're not going to keep them up on a weekly or biweekly basis. But uh, stick around. Stay with us. We'll be around. Uh, Ferraro20 is the code at 2 under the number 2 UND are the best men's underwear out there you type in ferraro 20 and that saves you some money from uh, those guys and a lot of nhlers current and and uh, past nhlers wear two under and uh, so you should try it out it's the best men's underwear out there uh with me on the line former uh stanley cup winner world junior gold winner over 600 games in the nhl um oiler red wing coyote leaf boy Devore. what's up boyd how are you hey how are you Thanks for doing this. Beyond, good night, beyond Steve. No problem at all. Yeah, I appreciate it. What uh, what is going on with you nowadays? What's happening? Oh, geez. Um, I guess uh, well, I all live back here in uh, I live in Kitchener Waterloo, Ontario, uh, which is um, I guess um, you know pretty close to my hometown mm-hmm. uh, where I grew up. But um, I played uh, junior hockey here for the uh, uh, Kitchener Rangers, and uh, I know my, met my wife here, and so I had lots of connections to. Uh, yeah, this area, and mm-hmm. um, always kind of figured it'd be the place we'd kind of settle when uh, things were all wrapped up with my hockey career. And uh, yeah, that's been the case. Got a young family, and just um, yeah, love this area, and it's uh, yeah, life's pretty good. <laughs> oh, good to hear. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Do you? How much do you play? Do you play at all? Do you, do you throw the blades in the closet and never see them again, or do you get out every <laughs> now and then? I, I I did do that. I did probably didn't. Yeah, they were uh, you know through the. Um, you know, the, the gear was definitely collecting dust there for probably a couple years. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but uh, my brother, you know, my brother played university hockey here in Canada. And, um, so I basically skate with him and some other guys that, um, junior B, you know, CIU guys, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's a decent skate, but it's just pick up. So we play Monday nights and, um, and that kind of, uh, you know, does the trick for me. I think, uh, for now, you know, as far as it's, you know, it's just good to get out and get a sweat and yeah. catch up with my brother and these other these other guys. And uh, but I do love it. I'm, I'm you know I definitely uh, started to uh, yeah just miss the feel of being on skates and stuff yeah. like that. So you know this is doing a trick for now for sure. Do you still got the wheels, Boyd? Because I always remember you could skate. Like you could. Sk- I was a Leaf fan, so I pay- you know I watched you near the end of your career in the Leafs, and obviously a little bit with the Red Wings. But uh, still got the wheels still. Yeah, I, I like to think I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. But I do. Uh, to do my own horn, I think. Right. Yeah, definitely right. something, something that kind of. Uh, I don't know. I guess the mechanics help me. You know, if I guess you got mm-hmm. a good stride or whatever, you can kind of uh, sure. keep it up at any sort of charity function I've done or charity game or anything like that. But uh, um, you know, <laughs> I always guess I do get a couple uh, 
comments that I can still move pretty good. So that feels good, but yeah. it hasn't has completely left me. Yeah, that's good. Um, now, I saw, I didn't know you did Battle of the Blades. I actually, Midland down here in the U.S., I've never seen, I, I, obviously I know that the, the the idea behind Battle of the Blades, but I've never seen one episode. A bunch of uh, NHLers. Todd Warner also did it, I think, and we had him on the show yeah. a little while ago. Um, what was that whole experience like? Did you did you get into it? Oh, I mean, I think they were. I mean, I'd seen it. Um, uh, you know, I watched a bit of the previous seasons. I think mm-hmm. I was on the third season, and uh, and was you know, you were, there was always a big sense of curiosity when it was coming out, and they managed to really get some great players uh, to do it. And um, and I, I don't know how I got uh, ended up being asked to do it, but uh, you know, once it was kind of presented to me and in front of me, I was just kind of like, initially, I was like, oh my god, come on, like. You know, I right. when I when I got the voice message from one of the producers that I'm going, and then but then when the kind of the challenge is in front of you, you're kind of like, geez, I'd be kind of, you know, it could be a great experience. You'd almost be cowardly to not do it mm-hmm. just because of a discomfort level, I guess. So mm-hmm. I really kind of, um, you know, talked to my wife a little bit, but didn't think too much about saying yes, and just was like, um, kind of jumped in and. Um, I mean, in the end, I was glad I did, but certainly when, you know, you're doing the training and there's, oh man, you're just, uh, <laughs> I remember when the music was about to begin for the first, you know, the first episode, yeah. we're just waiting for the music cue. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> type of deal. I, I've never been being in my own mind at that moment. Just like, oh my God. But of course, then you, but you know, whenever there's a challenge and I mean, that's kind of what life is like. There aren't too many opportunities when you retire to really put, a hundred percent of your physical mental energy into something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's so, and I didn't really think that would be the case when I was doing it, but for that reason, you know, the the challenges in front of you kind of either do you do well or you don't. And and you're with your partner and you kind of have a team as far as um, choreographers and things like Mm -hmm. that. So it's more of a team thing too, which I really uh, liked and um, all the guys and being amongst the guys, like it was a great group. They had a symbol for that season Chris decision and uh, Russ Cornell and uh, the list went on. Great guys, and um, so we had a lot of fun. It was a challenge. I did, you know, did pretty good. Made it to the final. So, so I was, oh, okay, I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to ask how you did. Performance. Yeah, yeah. Made, finished yeah. third in the end, but made it to the finals. Basically, performed. You know, did it as long as I could, and uh, mm-hmm. and threw it out there. And uh, yeah, really kind of. Uh, <laughs> and they're they're pretty smart too, because I think the producers because I think they recognize the nature of hockey players right like once you get into it and knowing the guys are competitive like yeah you know we guys were ice bags you know just like putting <laughs> you know putting it out there just yeah, wanting yeah. to do as best as you possibly could you kind of forget you're on you're on this reality program or national television you just want to kind of do initially you just don't want to embarrass yourself <laughs> and you want to you kind of want to win you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but all around, and, and, but when it was all said and done, I remember cruising on the four one home and just had like, I don't know, pumping free fall it or something. It just was like so sad, you know. Yeah, it felt yeah. like, thank, thankfully, it was kind of over at that point, and I'd done well and not embarrassed myself. And, yeah, and my young girls loved it, so I it was quite an experience. Did it pay it well? You don't have to give us a number, but did it pay all right? I don't even know. Um, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, I think the benefit. Um, is uh certainly to because you're competing for a charity and oh, okay all right um yeah. so it, the, the money does go to charity you mean they do pay you and it's 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 you know it's it was good yeah um 
for sure. So that was uh, nice, but I think uh, largely the motivation for guys is the, the you know the prize that goes to the uh, charity. To the charity for sure. So that's a big part of it. Um, what's going on now? You got you got Waking Sound Productions. Uh, your um, video looks like you had some pretty good clients, um, and you're also like you said, you're in the fire service as well. So it's a little uh, juggling a couple of things, huh? Yeah, I think um, well, after I retired, I was you know a big um, music guy and was running a record label um, when I was playing for the Leafs there towards the end of my career and had all these. I don't know, creative ideas about mm-hmm. um, the game and how it was presented and how music could really... I was a big fan of skateboard and, well, you would know from motocross films, I guess, too, but even yep. you know, skateboard, snowboard, surf films, the way the music really... Right. Um, I don't know, brought something to the footage, you know, and so basically that was the motivation, really. I wanted to kind of try to translate the aesthetic of these those um, action sport films, I guess, right. that I love to, to hockey a little bit with the music and the filming style and uh so and uh my partner was you know I, uh, a good friend of mine is ex-snowboarder matt davis and produced snowboard films so he was coming from that world too so we kind of teamed up and just decided to go for it and kind of got into it almost the year that i uh, retired and i was glad i did because i was i guess i was a little bit naive getting into it um but i'm glad i charged into it because you know it's when you retire it's kind of nice to have it was nice to have something to pour my energy into and um and uh it was really good for me and uh and yeah i mean we really i was definitely hustling you know meetings (laughs) at the nhl meetings at the nhl canada presenting these ideas pitching these ideas and half the time i think they were probably looking at me (laughs) funny (laughs) when i left but uh you know i managed to convince some people to to pay us to do these do these videos that largely we were excited to sure execute and really proud of you know what we've Anyway, the clients we work with, what we've been able to accomplish, we've really got some great feedback on a lot of our stuff, and uh, and uh, yeah, and then, but um, I guess you know it was it was always kind of designed to be more of a boutique thing. So sure, yeah. I was, uh, I guess, last winter I was kind of like, you know, I want to, I need, kind of want to get a new skill here, uh, so get involved in something with maybe a little longer time horizon, and um, and kind of keep that that would allow me to keep waking sound, you know, boutique, and not really have to try to. Depend uh, on it, yeah. Grow it, depend yeah. on it, yeah. So, um, so anyway, I was kind of thinking hard about what my skills I did have, and um, and what would what career they would um, cross over to, or could be applied to, and uh, yeah, talked to a lot of people about the fire service, uh, being a firefighter, and um, so yeah, I kind of just jumped when I thought more and more about that, and talked to people, and visited some halls and stuff. I thought. That would be a good direction to go in. So I got my training and and uh, now basically just uh, getting out there and, and trying to find a job, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and that's been an exciting process too. So um, and it's been yeah, it's quite it's quite a world and uh, really um, learning a lot and enjoying the people I've been in, uh, come in contact with to this point and hopefully land a job here and and start to uh, put my skills to use. Yeah, it's funny. There's a Five six motocrossers that retired, um, and, and they've gone into the fire firemen and fire services. Uh, it's weird. It's, it's, it, and when I talk to a couple of them, they they still get a rush. You know, they still get a, a, a joy of of helping people out and the rush of being running into the buildings. And I mean, nothing can replace you know being a professional athlete, whether it's motocross or hockey or whatever. But but I guess it's close, you know, and it pays well, good benefits and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, these guys yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, that was a large. I mean, I was kind of like, you know, I wanted to. I mean, it's kind of an unpredictable lifestyle. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's sure. lots of different things you need to be engaged with, and kind of using, yeah, you know, using mm-hmm. your physical capabilities or kind of mental capabilities, and and yeah, really, I don't know. I guess use it or lose it type of thing, right? You're sure. kind of yeah. using all of the best of your abilities in different situations, and and definitely, yeah. I mean, I want, I've been on a couple of ride-alongs uh, in recent weeks with the Kitchener Fire Department, in my hometown here. And uh, just to see what the life is like up close. And, uh, and man, whenever that alarm goes on, guys just kind of hustle to the trucks, right? You're just, yeah. uh, or the pumper, you get, uh, you know, a bio is definitely buzzing. So uh, it's, the adrenaline's there for sure. So, so yeah, I'm excited about, uh, yeah, like I say, getting a job mm-hmm. and really uh, pursuing that field. Record label, wow! Check you out. So, did yeah. you when you talked about uh, some of the music? Are you more like a No Effects and Strung Out, Lagwagon type of fan, or was it other type of music that you that you liked? Oh, I was always. Um, I mean, played guitar growing up. My dad, you know, was Hendrix, Cream, uh, oh, okay. Stevie Ray Vaughan. So I kind of uh, grew up around guitar, and um, and yeah, it was always. I guess just. I guess when I got to Detroit, I mean, in Edmonton, yeah, I started to meet. I mean, I always loved music in right. high school, and my, all my buddies were just kind of, uh, you know, real music heads, and we saw all sorts of shows. And mm-hmm. when you're young, going to festivals and stuff like that, and sure. um, so that kind of continued into my pro years, and started to meet a bunch of musicians in Edmonton. But I guess it really uh, blossomed in Detroit when you know such a great music town. Yeah. When I played there with the Wings and all sorts of great grimy rock <laughs> clubs, you know, yeah. just I love that. I mean, yeah. I love I love Detroit for that reason, and. Uh, and I met a buddy, good buddy of mine, Joe Greenwald, back then, and he um, was working for Virgin Records at the time. We met at, a, I think, a Pearl Jam show that a lot mm-hmm. of us went to. And we kind of discovered, yeah, he saw that I had real, um, you know, interest in sort of more obscure sounds, and yep. which is the world he was coming from, too. And, uh, oh, he, you know, and he kind of turned me on to so many, the underground, basically. I didn't know mm-hmm. where to look. You know, he yeah, kind of yeah. like, look here, go here, read this, and just was like kind of acted as the big brother, turning me on to his record collection type of deal. And, um, and so at that point, once I knew where to look, it was kind of like I just went into a black hole for years. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of like, you know, the deepest sort of underground metal and noise and yeah, like, all this like uh, thrash stuff? stuff. Like thrash stuff? or. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I like, I mean, yeah, Slayer, all that. Yeah. I, I kind of got in, I mean, I love metal, but I kind of got into the more, uh, the doom metal, I guess you could say. <laughs> the lower, slower, like all based on Sabbath riffs, right? Slow yeah, yeah, Sabbath. yeah. That's a simplification, of course. But, right. um, but yeah, just that, I, in playing guitar, I think something has to do with it. Just that, uh, you know, just the, um, the that crushing amplifier, uh, you know, just loud, um, I just kind of freak yeah. out over that stuff. But I mean, all that, but I mean, I love hip hop. I love kind of the outlaw country. I love, I love all sorts of music. Oh, cool. I love melody. I love, uh, um, so yeah, Towns Van Zandt, all that. Uh, I kind of, I, I have wide ranging tastes, I guess, but, um, I get it. I don't know. I just get excited about good music, I guess. And yeah. So anyway, Joe, Joe, who was actually uh, forming this label, called Elevation, just a boutique label to sort of as a creative outlet because he was dealing with more of the major label stuff. Sure. And um, and asked me to join in. And, um, and the first couple artists he had lined up this uh, kind of um, 
Doongays, I guess you'd call them Naja, this duo from Toronto who I loved. And anyway, the first couple artists were right up. I was really excited about it. And we always chatted about it. So he invited me to be a part of it. And uh, oh, cool. so I, you know, jumped on. It was just kind of like a quiet thing. And we really got some great attention, actually. And I'm proud of all of it. We did like eight releases, but then. Oh, right on. Yeah. And then after a while, yeah, just limited edition sort of EPs. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I got the, And you know, you're working with musicians on, you know, meeting the bands for one, reaching out to bands, working on the album art and the and the um you know the printing process and working with the factories and we did one vinyl release but um so yeah it was just another oh, cool. sort of cool thing i learned a lot and met a lot of great people and really proud of the uh physical product that we put out so it was great did you ever see dan boyle's love of faith no more where he goes on tour with them and he's a roadie Come on. Yeah, it's insane. I read a story about it. And, uh, <laughs> really? Dude, he loves Faith No More. And, um, yeah, he went on tour with them. He was a roadie with them for one summer or something. It was insane. Couldn't believe it. Oh, man. Yeah, loves- well, Faith No More. I mean, Mike Patton, he's like, yeah. all his side projects are, like, right up the, you know, right, you know, right up the alley of all the stuff I'm listening yeah. to. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's they're, awesome. they're back now. They're, they're back, right? Yeah, Faith man. No More. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. Um, it's funny. As I get older, I find myself, uh, I don't know if it's, I'm the old man. Shaking my fist in the sky, but I, I just don't, I don't like any of the new stuff. I can't get into it. I, I need to expand. But I, I think as I get older, I get more into the older stuff, which is really like a, a weird paradox where I'm older now. And now I'm starting to like, hey, man, like some Zeppelin stuff is really good. Some Pink Floyd oh. stuff is really good, you know? Yeah, man. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's – and that was like a, as much as I, you know, kind of pursue new sounds, there's, there's so much to go – I mean, mm-hmm. to go back and discover too. So, I mean, that's the great. Uh, it's depressing. Yeah, great the thing stuff, about music. New, yeah, new stuff is depressing to me. I need to. I need probably need to expand my mind a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. instead of like looking forward, I'm as I get older, I'm looking further back. You know. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I think that's. I think yeah. I mean, you probably nailed it on the head for a lot of people. But uh, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some cool stuff happening for sure. I mean, um, I don't know. I looked at like that mid the mid 2000s, I guess when. Uh, well, I don't know. There was just a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just an onslaught of awesome music at that point to me. But then you yeah. do feel when you're like, "Well, what music today?" You do feel kind of like an old guy. But I mean, there's plenty. Of, um, I really like all the sort of the. I mean, I'm listening to a lot of hip hop lately. Just oh, the yeah. beat, you know. I just the, right. just more the 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 beat makers. They're you know the kind of really pushing it. I feel yeah. kind of creatively with the beats, and I kind of freak out about that. And uh, I like the more maybe the more menacing stuff, but. Mm-hmm. But uh, always good stuff to be. Absolutely. Um, let's get into your NHL career a little bit here. Yeah. The reason why we, we called you on Pulp Hockey Podcast with Boy <laughs> Devereaux. Um, do I have my 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 uh, research right? You scored the hat trick in your final NHL game ever? <laughs> Dude, that's a nice way to drop, did, yeah. talk about dropping the mic. <laughs> I totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh... I remember that game. It was Hockey Night in Canada. And uh, yeah, Canada. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you know, it was. Um... Well, little did I know. I mean, I was, of course, excited to score it, and all my teammates were happy for me, all my friends and family. But I did get, I did end up catching some, uh, a lot of flack, I guess. I never personally, but I, I mean, I never read blogs or yeah. tried to avoid the paper and stuff. I think that's always kind of a good thing to do when you're playing in, a, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know. I guess we were, had we lost that game, it was the last game of the season, and had we lost it, we would have picked fifth. Oh, and we ended up picking seventh instead. Yeah, I <laughs> so think... it was basically boy, Gabriel cost us two draft, two draft uh, uh, positions. You know, things like this, and I and it was a lot of like 
you know, hate yeah. online and stuff like that, which is like kind of like, what are you going to do? Not put the puck in the net if you have the mm. chance, especially a guy like you know, a guy like me. But yeah, course, yeah, I, I actually yeah. pedal off the gas. It's not possible. No, I actually, as a Leaf fan, I blame Burke <laughs> because everyone was injured and he goes and gets Gerber from Switzerland. And remember, <laughs> with the black mask, he started standing on his head. He was the real problem. <laughs> Gerber was the real problem. Um, it's like Burke, what are you doing? Everyone's yeah. hurt. Let's just tank this thing. You know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it could, uh, you could understand the frustration now being a fan later on. Of course, it's kind of a it's a weird system that you know you kind of want your team to draft as high as possible. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was kind of funny. Like I actually had a meeting with Shanny. I was pitching the thing for Waking Sound, mm-hmm. and Dave Nonis was still the GM at the time, and and. Dave came into Shanny's office. He's like, "Yeah, you, you scored that hat trick. Uh, you know, your last game. They were kind of laughing, like as if, it, yeah, like a mic drop. You know, like, and I'm out of here. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm gone. Later, bros. So it was it was a thrill no matter what. I didn't really anticipate it being my last game, but did, that's how it worked out. <laughs> did you grow up being a Leaf fan? Like, was that super cool for you to throw the jersey on, or were you, uh, um, you know, ambivalent NHL fan growing up? No, I was. Uh, I I always watched hockey in Canada, of course, and. Uh, at my grandma's house, and you know, just the Leafs were what you knew, right? But yep. uh, my first NHL game that my I got to see, a bunch of people went uh, on uh, from my hometown in Seaforth, Ontario. I took a bus to see uh, the Pitts- Pittsburgh play the Red Wings at the Joe, because mm-hmm. our uh, hometown hero, I guess, Dave McElwain, was playing for Pitt at the time, and so a bunch of us took a bus down there to see it. And I remember just being, I mean, I, I think Stevie had like a ha- Stevie had a hat trick that game, like. Short, oh, yeah. like right. short-handed, like five on three. So I just <laughs> fell in love with the Red Wings. Everything about the, the Wings. Uh, I was a massive Red Wings fan growing up. Um, so yeah, that was kind of where my allegiance lied. So it was obviously great to be able to play, pull on a Red Wings jersey, and play with Stevie and all these guys. Yeah. But I mean, the, the least. I mean, that was an equal. I mean, it was when I signed there. I signed a two-way deal. Right. When I signed and. Um, and I remember thinking, I didn't know, you know, I knew it was going to start in the minors and whether mm-hmm. I could make it back up or not. But I was like, man, if I can get one game up, you know, with the Leafs, it'll kind of been worth it to sign a two-way deal here. Just because you're curious. And I could have said I played for the Leafs, too. Yeah. So, well, and um, then, so but, it's definitely uh, an honor. An honor for and sure. if you're going to play in the A, uh, playing the Marlies isn't so bad. Like, your facilities yeah. with the Leafs, you're living in Toronto, like, you know, you're treated well, uh, making decent money. You know what I mean? So if you've got to play in the oh, A, Oh, no, it was, yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, kind of a... Yeah, it was a it was a good decision in the end, and um, yeah. you know they treat treat guys well there to Rico, and you're really yeah if you can live in the same city and and uh, yeah so it worked out well. Um, yeah, that's a nice mic drop. Like I said, yeah, hat trick, and I'm out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to start your career, you drafted sixth overall by Edmonton, and you eventually released by them uh, before you signed with Red Wings. Um, when you look at your stats, you 38 games uh, one year, um, 61, and then 76. More time in the NHL than the AHL. Uh, what went wrong, though, for Edmonton to maybe give up on you, or what did you did, did were you not like Kevin Lowe type of guy, or like what? Oh, it's like that's an early oh. to look. You're sixth yeah. overall. You're one of the top juniors. You drafted high to give up after a guy uh, after three years in any any team in the league. That's a little bit of a you know weird. So what? Yeah. What kind of went wrong there? Well, um, well, you know, yeah, this <laughs> well. Is, I mean, it was a bit of a, I don't want to call it an ordeal, but it was, okay. I guess. Well, yeah. I, I got hit, um, really massive 
open ice hit by Dallas Drake and um, four games left in my last season there with the Oilers. Okay. And uh, had a, suffered a really bad concussion. Like, um, it was kind of like a, anyway, it was bad. I mean, yeah. I was I got a pre-amnesia. It was like convulsing on the ice. It was kind oh, of a, a bad yeah, yeah. scene. It was a bad yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. And guys were really worried about me and stuff. And so my season was done. We made it to the playoffs, but my season was done then. And also it was, that was the final year of my entry-level contract. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be resigned. So basically, them Edmonton doctors told me I was finished. My career was done. Really? They sent me to two doctors in Chicago and then another doctor in Toronto. And they both, based on the scans that had been taken to mm-hmm. this point, they told me I should retire, that they couldn't clear me to play. And so this was kind of getting into, by the you know, closer to the time where I would have needed to be resigned in right. July. And basically the Oilers, based on what they'd heard to that point, released me because they figured I was finished. Mm-hmm. And basically they sent me to this to Karen Johnston, who's kind yeah. of renowned. Yep. I dealt with, you know, Lindros and everybody's first head injuries. They sent me to her for like um, just almost like as a reassurance that I'd kind of seen everybody. Right. Already, I'd kind of passed on resigning me. Um, so anyway, Karen was amazing. I went down there. She did like two full days of like the craziest tests. Didn't ignore all the previous scans and stuff that had been done. Did fresh everything. And I was preparing to go to like Laurier. Like I was, I was yeah, yeah. you were to, like, I was preparing right. to go back to university. <laughs> I was twenty-one. Yeah, and uh, or twenty, and. Um, so anyway, Karen called me like a week later, and she's like, "I conclusively, you know, find that you're." clear to play and i was like what like just amazing news i remember hugging my girlfriend and everybody and yeah. being like i totally was prepared to retire anyway she had kind of i won't get into what the difference was she found but uh yeah kind of found conflicting evidence oh, okay. to the scans that had been presented before based on all her new stuff so anyway all of a suddenly it was a free agent at 21 yeah sixth overall pick yeah exactly a guy sixth overall pick and yeah. then i uh, kind of had a lot of interest from variety of teams around the league and Detroit flew me in to talk and and of course you know I thought there was some I mean I was really I loved my time in Edmonton I loved Kevin I loved Kevin I loved Mac T I loved everybody mm-hmm. there and I guess the concern with me was that everyone had seen this hit everyone knew my history that you know whether they'd be oohing and on every time I got a hit or it was more like I kind of wanted a fresh start um you know they wanted to sign me back oh okay and, um, so they so they were yeah, they, yeah so after karen the, the doctor cleared you they were like okay let's let's do it yeah okay yeah they they wanted um yeah wanted to sign me back and uh and um so yeah it just kind of got a little complicated at that point um you know i yeah i wanted to be back there it was but Anyway, Detroit came in. With a <laughs> pretty like, great hey, you're doing a great. You're, you're doing Detroit. a great. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a great uh, dancing move, but that's all right. <laughs> well, uh, to, to, you know, and so I was kind of just. So I just yeah signed with the Red Wings at yeah. that point, and uh, and just started on a new sort of uh, uh, path. But um, but yeah, so it's kind of like a. Jeez. Uh, you know, there's the roundabout story, but it was yeah, I was basically finished, you know, and uh, kind of got. Um, was the thanks, you know a lot of thanks to the Dr. Johnson to uh, yeah to, to kind of go the extra mile and yeah and then it was kind of played for another you know it was just almost I'd almost had a full career after that was the hit legal was it was I mean Drake's Drake it was you know, legal he yeah. wasn't suspended but yeah. I mean uh, I don't know <laughs> back then well yeah, right I mean, yeah when there wasn't the reviews 
and I don't remember it. I saw, I saw replays, but I tried to avoid watching them really because sure he came in, you know, maybe left his feet a bit, but whatever. It's right. tough, you know, it's a tough game. We he called me and stuff, so I appreciated that. And um, and uh, you know, he's a tough player. He plays hard, and yeah. uh, you know, no one ever tries to hurt you. But uh, but yeah, it was a little dicey. I think you know, Kevin, the t- the club was upset that he mm-hmm. kind of maybe left his feet a bit, but. Um, did you the, the whole time this was going on though? Like, and look, we deal with the concussions, you know, on the motocross side too, as well. And and nowadays, more than ever, uh, everyone is more aware about these things, and and we know more information than we ever did. But the whole time this was going through, like, did you feel fine? Did you feel uh, like, hey, yeah. like I can play? Like, well, that was the biggest thing. I felt, I like, felt completely fine. Yeah, you know, I uh, talked to like Jeff Bukaboom, talked to guys that had to retire mm-hmm. because of concussions, and it wasn't near as prevalent. Um, and they were like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't climb stairs. I picked up my kids. Yeah, the and, light. You know, I'd get, di- right. I'd get dizzy. Right. I had to be in the darkness. I was just like, man, I just. So in my own <laughs> mind, I, I was, I was holding out hope. I really couldn't understand why. You're like, I feel great. <laughs> yeah, I feel great. So yeah, that uh, and you know, I think had I been suffering a lot of symptoms and stuff, it would have been like, you know, sure. really yeah. hung in there and pursued these other opinions. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know, just kind of, you know. Worked out in the end, was, I guess. Uh, but I was unfortunate. Was Detroit? Uh, you talked about you know you, you followed Detroit when you were younger and everything. But was their offer financially the best? Obviously, it was probably a two way deal. Was why Detroit was a little bit close to home and hometown. You grew up looking watching them, or did they have the best financial um, offer? Or? Yeah, I mean, they, it was a one. They they gave me an incredible uh, deal. I mean, oh okay, yeah, it was an amazing offer, um, and. Yeah, flew me flew me in, and you know, met with Jim Neal and Kenny Holland, and was just—I mean, it was kind of like I was Free agent. losing my mind a little <laughs> bit because you know, all of a sudden, you know, like the halves and stuff, and a couple of the teams. Yeah, like, yeah, it was. It was. I remember sitting there and like my agent would be like, "Well, you know, oh, Montreal called," and you know, it's just like what? And uh, right. I was pretty young, twenty-one. Yeah, so yeah. Then, yeah, In Detroit, yeah, but then they flew me in, and just I was like, okay. I mean, it was a great deal, so uh, it was pretty much no brainer. And you know, hustle just drove down to Detroit the day after I signed. I remember because it was kind of it was getting close to camp when I signed, and then uh, you know, all guys usually skate in the city. Like you know, everyone that's in the in town before camp is skating informally. So mm-hmm. I remember just I was so excited. You know, drove to the Joe in the early morning, got met the trainers, got some gear, and went out to this practice facility the guys were skating at. No one had heard that I'd signed. <laughs> so I just got to enter the room with my bag over my shoulder. Oh, but that's Stevie funny. had, but Stevie had, and he came across the room and shook my hand and welcomed me to the team, and I was like, right on. Yeah. You know, Stevie Eiserman. So, um, anyway, big thrill. And, uh, but yeah, to land in Detroit, it really, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a dream, really. Um, Scotty Bowman was your coach. Now, yeah. Um, obviously a legend and everything else, but I've done a few of these with some guys that, you know, are not fans of Scotty. I read stories <laughs> about the way he acted with players and, you know, he'd basically call them out on the bench and he wouldn't talk to you. He's, you know, look, he's the winningest coach of all time. So, you know, it obviously worked. Um, but the other times, but then I hear Scotty Bowman on the radio being interviewed and he seems like the jolly old grandpa yeah. laughing and joking. Yeah. Like it's, and I, <laughs> and I read the, I've read Dryden's autobiography and Robinson's and, and all these guys from back in the day. And, and, and they, Scotty seemed like kind of a dick to be maybe a, yeah. to, to, to lack of a better term. What was your experience like with <laughs> Scotty Bowman? I mean, how was he? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, 
Scotty wasn't concerned about making friends. I think that's pretty <laughs> right. obvious. He was more. Yeah, I mean, I was obvious. You know, you're kind of like, what the heck? what is Scotty Bowman like? You're kind of coming yeah. in the situation, and the first year there, you know, he, you know, I, I, I mean, I think I struggled to get my feet under me after the hit. Mm-hmm. Not playing great, you know, and but but you know, management was super supportive and and uh, but anyway, like. You know, just since Scotty, you know, I don't remember him being on me particularly, but mm-hmm. just, you know, but he, but I remember we were out to dinner once and, and Shani, and I think Shani said something like, you know, we're all so consumed with our own personal beast with Scotty. Like we can't even support a guy like, you know, like we should be supporting the new guy here, but we're all so, we're all so pissed. We just had every, everybody little, a little off kilter, you know? Like, yeah. Which I, you're always curious is like, does he? Is this just? A, is there a master plan behind it? So you're thinking these things like, how does? Is it just like he's won a lot before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how is this? Is this all planned? And you're kind of like <laughs> trying to figure out. But then of course when you win, you know the next season we won. We had an unbelievable team. I don't, but I don't think anyone could have coached the team with all the star power that we had, uh, like the yeah. way Scotty did yeah. successfully. And then you're like, okay. I get it, you know, type of type of thing. Like, and he was, you know, he was, you know, he re- rewarded me if I was playing well, like, yeah. plumbing situations, and and you know, and so yeah, not- you kind of get it, you get it at one point, but there are a lot of the, most of the rest of the time, you're just kind of trying to figure out, right? That's what I've heard. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, what's what's is he messing with me here? I can't figure it out. So I don't know if he just likes to keep mm-hmm. players just on their toes or off kilter or wondering. But uh, I, I certainly don't think it's by accident. I kind of yeah. came to that realization. Well, you know what I mean? Which yeah. is if you read other people's winning. stories, if you read other people's stories, it's exactly what they say. The guy uh, wouldn't look at you, wouldn't say hi to you, uh, yeah. would belittle you on the bench. Uh, the next thing you know, he's putting, he's triple shifting you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things like yeah. that, where you're like, this, what is with this guy? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it sounds like you had a the typical experience. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, it was it was it, when it was bad, it was bad, and when it was great, it was you know you kind of you loved him, and um, but you win, you know, you you win with you win with him as a coach, and of course, I have great memories of <laughs> that year and what he was, what we accomplished, I guess, the team and coaching staff together. So how in the I'm hell, a legend, yeah. right? It's like it made it interesting, that's for sure. Oh, I bet. How in the hell did Brett Hall get along with? with Scotty because the stories of Brett and Hitchcock and Dallas and Daryl yeah. Ray's told us some. And how was Holly? Like, was he, was he all right with all yeah, this? Well, that was the thing. I think, yeah, I think, you know, and Stevie had a real presence, you know, despite all the, yeah, I mean, star power we had on oh, that it was ridiculous. team. It was, it was amazing. And, um, you know, but Stevie was kind of, everyone really deferred to Stevie. I think even Holly and Shani and Luke and yep. Charlie, everyone, Nick, you know, so um, Eiserman was like, then, hey, but, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but just his demeanor. It's not like he had to say anything. I don't know. It's just just the way he is. But so with Scotty, like, but Holly, he had a very, um, I don't know, he would be in Scotty's, uh, in the coach's room. <laughs> but it was more like I think Scotty enjoyed Holly, and Holly enjoyed Scotty. They would had a kind of I don't know, just a <laughs> Holly has a, you know a sense of humor. You know, they would just I don't know what they'd be doing in there, but they'd joke around and. Just laughing, you know. Yeah. So it was nothing like Kelly was trying to influence anything like that. He'd just be in there, and I don't know. I think Scotty picked Holly's brain stuff, but okay. you know, they they had a good relationship. I think I don't, it was. Yeah, you would think it would be. Yep. 
contentious <laughs> considering how he's passed with other coaches, but uh, yeah, they, they, they got along really well. 51-17. We, we were winning all the time. Well, 51-17 and 10, yeah, was your record. Yeah. Shanahan, <laughs> Fedorov, Hull, Lidstrom, yeah. Robitaille, Iserman, Larionov, Chelios, Datsuk was early, uh, Hasek in net, Steve Duchesne even. Um, you must have been this kid from Seaforth going, oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, we had a great team before, but that summer, that off-season previous, mm-hmm. we signed Luke and uh, Dom and uh, – Signed someone else too, but uh, yeah, it was just um, you know. But at that time, you know, Rangers, Colorado, you know, it's that era where mm-hmm. you didn't guarantee you're you know winning. You know, we knew we were going to be successful, but it was like the cup or nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was it, you know definitely with that lineup, and uh, but we had a lot of magic. You know, we had great leadership. Like at the grind line was always we had good role players. Yep. You know, we avoided injury. We and we just all got along. Like everyone dropped their egos. You know, you know, as far as power play time and special teams and stuff. And um, it was it was an amazing season, magical season. And uh, and um, you know, I got in. You know, I don't know. Just thankful timing wise for myself too. Like started, you know, playing well with uh, had some chemistry with Pavel and uh, or, or yeah, Pav and Holly and. Mm-hmm. The first time, in the, you know, since I guess at Edmonton, I was playing pretty steady on the line. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun when you're playing with consistent linemates and you can really depended on. Basically, you're yeah. together. Yeah, together yeah. a lot of the season and really worked. Uh, had something going there, so so I was kind of you know felt really fortunate that that was kind of established. You know, on the, in the in the season, and we kind of you know rocked it in the playoffs and kept going. So. Um, you know, you're happy, you're contributing, and things like that. Just doing your thing. You're not expected to do anything more than what you're good at. You know, and if you're filling your role, and guys are patting you on the back and feeling good about your play, it's, mm-hmm. it was it was great. And so with all Amazing these year. and with all these guys in the room, the names I mentioned, Eisenman still ran it. He still he was still the guy. Yeah, I think, I, and I don't think anyone would. Yeah, I mean, why would anyone disagree? With, yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, I just. Yep. Yeah, I think the CC has that respect level, right? You know, Nick or. Holly or Charlie. Anyway, you know, Stevie just got that. I don't know. I don't know what you can do say to describe it, but he's just got a certain mm-hmm. just commands respect. But he's hilarious, right? He's always joking and stuff. He keeps it light when it should be light, right? And uh, never, you know, he, he always speaks with so much uh, gravitas. I guess in any interview you see him, he kind of looks super serious all the time. He does. He does. Like it for he's like hilarious. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. Like when he was mad at when he was pissed at Druin, um, that was pretty rare to see how mad yeah. he got. Like you were like, "Holy, yeah. you know, he, he he seems really pissed in this interview." Can you imagine behind closed doors? You know, like yeah. <laughs> so well, I thought the same too. I was like, I can't, and that's amazing that uh, Druin kind of yeah. came back with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so well, played pretty well. But, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't want to piss uh, Stevie off in that way either. But uh, but he's, I mean, he's he, yeah he. And he is very serious. He wants to win, but uh, he, you know he's really. And maybe it was the that team. Like we had a lot of jokers, and the guys are just anyway yeah. super comfortable when we were winning all the time. It was just hilarious here. Like, um, super funny. Out of all those guys, though, you're practicing with them. You're you're playing with them game in and game out. Is Fedorov was Fedorov the most amazing guy to watch? Day in <laughs> or, I mean, I would think so. Out of all these guys, you must be somebody where you're like, I want to be like that guy, but I I can't. I can't be like that guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, he uh, his yeah. I mean, his 
his speed, his, he's so smooth, right? He's mm-hmm. so fast, but it's just effortless skating style. Um, yeah, Sergey. I mean, you could, yeah, Serge is awesome. Like, is the way he kind of just uh, switches gears. You know, mm-hmm. people talk about that a lot, but he can kind of, it's very hard for, to defend him because he can, you know, he doesn't look like he's coming at you fast, and then he just can kick it into, you know, yeah. a higher gear and be around you. And so that was always fun to watch. And But, I mean, a guy like, so you're getting all these chance to really appreciate everyone's game to such a great degree by watching every night. And, like, Lidstrom, I knew he was good, but mm-hmm. tell you tell you play with him, like, yeah, he's the guy I'd probably say that you're just, you had no clue how good he is or how good, you know, just yeah, unbelievable um, presence and as far as, yeah, positioning and, you know, tireless, like, knocking down pucks, like, never, but always, we always laugh trying to, like, on two-on-ones, they try to, you know, make a saucer pass across. And right. In practice, they're routinely just knocking down every, as he's backing up, knocking right. down as every As he's skating backwards, pass. right? It's like, it's ding, right. So it was like a game trying to do it. No one could, you know, it's pretty rare if you'd sneak one by him, but... Uh, but yeah, so and just but you know and yeah, like he and, never like, hit guys. These, yeah, he never hit guys. He just kind of forced them to the side. He make tape to tape passes and yeah, he a little bit. Oh, his passes, his his shots from the point. Like our power play were was amazing. And so you know, but Nick and or Igor Lariana, like the way Iggy plays, just yeah, so smart turning back little. And then you know, like Luke is or Shani's release. You know, Luke. <laughs> The way they position and release it, and or Holly's shot, like come on, yeah, yeah. And, but the, the, honestly, if probably if you talked to a lot of guys that year, it was like Pavel or Datsuk who, like, of all the talent on that team, like the guys were most excited to see Pavel because he was just doing things even in that group that everyone was just like, "Where is this guy coming from?" He was a rookie that year, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Just we were both the same age and playing, and uh, he was uh, you, you incredible. Would, you would have played against him at the World Juniors, I guess, right? The year uh, I don't. I don't, I don't know that I did actually. Yeah, I don't know either. I never thought about. Yeah, well, I, the first I'd ever that. heard of that Suk was when he made the NHL. Like the, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, like because I know he's drafted like sixth round or whatever. But um, the uh, the the Stanley Cup was just awarded, obviously, to Pittsburgh and Crosby, and uh, and you were in that position that same year. More more in, like okay, so you won it, and it's awesome and everything else. Uh, but what struck me from the inter- the post the post um, interviews was the I think it was Pavelski from the Sharks. He goes, you know, you're in this you're in this zone for literally two months where you play mm-hmm. every other day. He goes, I don't you don't even know what's going on in your life, and now it's over, and we have nothing to show for it. It's just yeah. over. Now, obviously, you're on the other side of that, but you can relate, yeah. I guess, to the uh, like just you're in a you're in a bubble, you're in a group, you don't even put your head up, you're just playing. Yeah. Oh, and it, you know, as much as. Uh... Yeah, you're watching, and I always had that. I always had that feeling when you're watching the copy awarded or at the end of the game, or and uh, you know, I, yeah, you just feel horrible as much as you're excited for. Depending on who you're cheering for, of course, right? But, yeah. I mean, I just felt you always feel bad for the team, especially if they it could have gone either way. Although Pitt, Pitt deserved to win, I think. But um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. But they were, yeah, for sure. But. Um, yeah, just you just think of the effort, and then it's kind of all for naught, right? But I think if you know, in time, they might just recognize the experience itself as being having been worthwhile. Of course, like you say, you're just in this zone for two months where you just you know all you're just relying on each other to such a great degree. I mean, that's special no matter what to make it that far. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, as far as being remembered and getting that cup, I mean, it's a big difference maker. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I kind of was feeling bad for the guys. I, I mean, I I grew up playing against Joey or Thornton and would have loved to seen Joe get a cup. And uh, so, I don't know. It's That's the tough part of it, right? Yeah, lose, Je- I guess. Yeah, Jeff O'Neill's on uh, Toronto Radio quite a bit on TSN, and he played you in that cup final, Hurricanes. and. Yeah, you know he's always like, ah, oh, yeah, to get all the way and and to lose yeah. it. He's like, you know, he's like, you always think about what could I have done better? Could I have been better? Could I have scored more? Oh, could man. I have worked harder? You know, and you're just like, oh, I got yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know, and I definitely don't take that for granted because I mean, geez, like, well, I played with Matt uh, Sundin in Toronto, and to think, or you know, I know Iggy's still playing her again and stuff. But guys, you just in your yeah. own as respect and personality and what they've done for the game. Like you're like, man, I just a guy should have a cup. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, you just feel super fortunate, especially yeah, watching the Sharks this year and get, getting so close, and they've been so good for so long. It's just like, yeah, you do. It makes you appreciate doubly, you know. Yeah, yeah that I was able to win, and I don't know. You're almost like, why me? Like, why? Well, a little you know, bit. Yeah, like, like I just yeah, happened to bit. do it's, it. You know, it's luck. It's, yeah. Uh, and uh, like I say, and even the, the team we had that year, you know, it, you have to have that, some magic injuries, you know, mm-hmm. bounces chemistry it's uh you know sometimes it doesn't strike twice so yeah uh definitely feel really lucky how were the days after winning it did you even sleep oh. was it just <laughs> oh it was amazing yeah <laughs> it was amazing yeah we just had yeah amazing party well we wanted at home too and it was interesting i was watching pit because i know they had the crowd out there yeah uh game uh what was that at home they could have won it yeah game um, five game five at home five, yeah it was like people were freaking out and i just because I remember we lost our first game to Carolina. and um, Oh, that's right, yeah. And that's that allowed right. us to win it at home. And it was just, you know, like confetti and the fans were going crazy and the city was going bonkers. And, like, I mean, of course, it's amazing to win it no matter what. But if you can win it at home, yeah, it was unbelievable. And we were then just right into the party, right? Oh, I bet. We just wandering the <laughs> Joe with, like, my long johns on still, like, champagne. I, was, I don't even know what time it was. But, of course, you're so dehydrated after the game. Like, yeah. You just get <laughs> you're feeling pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty bomb, good, yeah, pretty instantly, yeah, pretty good. So, um, and just yeah, right into the parties, and um, oh, we were buddy, all buds with Kid Rock that year, Bob. And, oh, jeez, um, he had a he had a little like little little bar in St. Clair Shores with this like eleven piece band, and like <laughs> it was just like the guys and their girlfriends and some friends. It was just like. Oh, insane! Like champagne flying everywhere. Oh, like man. dating Pam Anderson at the time. Pam was there, and <laughs> just like playing songs into the wee hours, and everyone's up there. Everyone's on stage. Or on whatever, stage, yeah. jamming. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, that's pretty it cool. A, it was a great, great uh, celebration. That's probably better. Sure. That's probably better than winning the cup. Pam <laughs> Anderson, Kid Rock, at, uh, you know, at a bar in Michigan. Oh, it was right? a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they just uh, man as wild. Um. Yeah, sounds like a unbelievable time, and uh, and to see your name on it must be pretty sweet. I mean, do you. When's the last time you looked at it and found your name? Well, I got, I got the opportunity to play uh, in the, uh, I guess the Stadium Series alumni game. Yep. Uh, they had it in Colorado. Yep. At Coors Field this year, right. and they had the cup there. Um, we had a little uh, the night previous. We had a little. Um, reception or whatever, and they had the cup there, so I didn't see it for a while. So uh, definitely, a bunch of us were over there just scoping it out, and uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see your name on there. You know, it's uh, and sometimes sometimes I get to, you know people going to the Hall of Fame or whatever and seeing it. And 
you know, taking a picture where the, my name is and stuff, like friends and stuff. So that's always pretty cool. No, that's got to be awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's good feeling. Good um, feeling. Uh, your time in Detroit ended. Um, you hit uh, on with the Phoenix. Um, what what was the end of Detroit? What um, if you look at my if I look at my my notes right? I just said you were you were unable to make them in a tryout basis in the camp, which I found was kind of strange. So oh, I, when I went back there. Oh, why? Well, why'd you? Well, maybe the Wikipedia could be wrong, Boyd, or I could have read it wrong. But why'd you leave Detroit to go to Phoenix? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. 2002 is pretty magical, and then um, I don't know. I the next couple of years are kind of I don't want to say miserable. I guess <laughs> for myself personally, I guess I was kind of I don't know. I didn't start I guess the following season very well. Okay. I, I, had to, I was was I injured? I think I can't remember. Oh no, yeah, I 60... broke my thumb in training camp. I broke my thumb. Okay, yeah, 61 uh, games. Yeah, pregame. Yeah, Zuboff broke my slash me broke my thumb in a pregame. And then I just, I don't know, I was so anxious to get back. I, I, I was played so well in the playoffs. We had a line. I was going to, like, feeling really good. I had a mm-hmm. great training camp. And I broke my thumb. And I think I was, like, so eager to get back in the lineup, not miss any games because right. I had these personal goals I wanted to achieve. Sure. And then I, I remember the first game back, I was playing with this big plastic splint on my thumb, like my yeah. bottom hand. Like, come on, this is the NHL. <laughs> you can't perform with a big, like, I don't know what I was thinking. Right. And it certainly wasn't the trainers. Like, I just wanted to get back out there. And uh, so then I, yeah, started, was back with my old line, but I think started playing. We weren't great. I wasn't great. And then just, you know, soon enough, I'm kind of in the press box. And it was just like a two-year struggle after that to really get reestablished. And so they had signed me to a great deal, like that previous one coming off of Edmonton. But so that deal was up. Yep. They wanted to resign me. Um you know, but significantly less, which I deserved yeah, at that point. <laughs> I wasn't okay, arguing right. with the uh, the money. Right. But at that point, I was like, I, I would be, you know, I need to challenge myself to try to, mm-hmm. you know, be the player I think I can be, and maybe I need an opportunity elsewhere. So Phoenix was interested, so I went to free agency and uh, signed with Phoenix. And, um, and uh, yeah, Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix with Gretzky. Oh, man. Gretzky. With Gretzky, yeah. Um. And, um, yeah. So. You must be tired of talking about what Wayne was like, but I got to ask you. Um, yeah. I talked to Mike Johnson a little <laughs> bit, too, who said that he was gnarly intense um, and, and and really couldn't believe, like, how much it was wearing on him, the losing and everything else. And, and some of the players making mistakes that he couldn't believe because he never made yeah. these mistakes because he was so great. Um, yeah. is, that, is that what your memory is? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was tough because the first year was the lockout, right? Right. You remember living in Phoenix, and so I did uh, burn my first year of the deal during the lockout, and um, and I remember Gretz calling me, was it, yeah, the following off season, and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm being like, you know, I think I told him to F off or something because I thought it was my buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, this is Wayne Gretzky. I'm sure everyone did that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, it was like, you know, it it felt, there was a lot of buzz about the team because it was Gretz's first, first year, and I think we had a lot of expectations, mm-hmm. maybe not realistic, but we wanted to do well, and we were good. I mean, and I was playing kind of the role they brought me in for. I was playing a lot of PK, you know, playing steady minutes, yeah. and, um, and you know, playing good. And then into November, I remember going to Toronto for the first time on the road, and mm-hmm. all the media attention. Yeah. We, you know, we were feeling good about ourselves. And then, I don't know, it just – 
fell apart. Maybe it just reality <laughs> hit us and we weren't as good as we as you thought yeah. thought we were. And maybe you know, Wayne. It's I don't know. It's I think there was that. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're. I think all great players, you know, this maybe aren't able to sort of clock into the mindset of what's going on in these lesser uh-huh. mortals, I guess, that don't have the vision or don't have um, the ability. So I imagine that's a frustration and and just learning, you know, it's first year coaching and to have a ton of experience. And, but certainly, you know, we didn't help. Like, I mean, I, I anyway, personal, personal accountability. I wasn't, I started, my game started to fall apart and, uh, and it was just a miserable season at the end. We were out of playoffs so early. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or Wayne was, I think, general manager, Team Canada, and I don't, they did really poorly that year at the Olympics. And his mom had died late in the year, and it was just like, oh man, this the feeling around the locker room at the end of it was just like, get me out of here, bad. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, a yeah. little bit. And, yeah. This and, was um, uh, the guys in that team, but we were just kind of like, um, yeah, it just wasn't going well. You know, on personally for me either, like it was just like, wow, it was like that was kind of one of my toughest years. In the league, despite it being super cool, like to get to be around right. him every day, and that's what I'm saying, and like, get to know him and stuff. So that was definitely a highlight, and, a, and a definitely, that's you know, a highlight of your career when you're able to do that. But fortunately, it didn't really turn out. It's funny how you uh, on a positive note. It's funny how your head's down. You're, you know, you're a professional athlete. You said things are going on in your life, and things are going on in Wayne's life, and you wish you could go back and maybe take a look around but you can't you're just in it you're trying to be yeah. the best hockey player you can and there's this yeah. guy yelling at you and like it doesn't really matter all that much how much money you're making or who it is or what the situation is if you're not happy and you're trying to get your game oh yeah well yeah i mean that's the nature of i mean you want to you want to contribute you want to be if you feel i mean that's it drags you down you know if you're in my all can only in my own experience right if you feel it's like it's like if i felt like the guys were like I was, if I was letting, felt like I was letting the guys down, or like mm-hmm. I was making plays where they're like on the bench, being like, "Oh, Debo, come on," you know that that hurt me. You know, I yeah, just yeah. hated, I hated that. I think that's every player, right? Right. All I wanted to do was make sure the guys respected me, thought I was doing a good job, you know. Yep. And so, um, yeah, your coworkers, essentially. yeah, when, I mean, when, you're coworkers, yeah, when you're coworkers, yeah. And, yeah, when you're not doing that, I, you know, that it takes over your life because you're a competitor, right? Mm-hmm. You want to get it changed and. If it's an ongoing thing, you just can't write the ship. It, it wears on you, and I think there was a lot of that happening to various individuals and the whole organization that whole year. And Kretz himself, and it was just kind of a so anyway. Some you know it was cool, like great bunch of great guys, and we had all great great experiences. But uh, um, the on ice was kind of one of the tougher years yeah. of yeah. my career. Yeah, getting yelled at by Wayne Gretzky would be cool, though, to tell people that he yelled at you for not doing <laughs> he a breakup. Was good. Like, he he never did. He never called guys out for a long time. Like, I think he knew it was kind of like, I don't think he wanted that. He wanted to be a player's coach, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to be. But then we were really struggling. Then he started, in, you know, he started to call guys out in between periods. And it was like, early on, it was like, oh. <laughs> oh, he no. Just, he just, like, <laughs> sold his price. The guy's, like, getting called out, like, hard by Wayne. Right. And I had it a couple times, too. And I'm just like, you're oh, like, oh. You're just like, oh, You're like, God, bro, I was Bro, I had your Riddle. hockey card. I had your hockey card. Yeah, I, I, know, I had your stick. So. I, had your, I had your Titan stick growing up. <laughs> um, but these things that just Wayne has to deal with, right? Like, yeah. 
but it was, yeah, so it was kind of, that was happening more and more towards the end of the year, and it was almost comical to see was this some the of the reactions. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I think I think Mike Johnson was kind of saying the same, same thing, like where you're you're like, I can't, A, I'm really bummed out that I'm getting yelled at by Wayne Gretzky, but B, I can't believe I'm getting yelled at by Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, was this when Fear was around and Paul Coffey and everything else? Yeah, Fear and yeah. Coffey. Oh, and yeah. uh, so we had... I mean, I don't know. It was great, great. Yeah, Cox's yeah. awesome, and I knew him a bit from Edmonton and stuff, and uh, and Jersey, and yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a yeah. I mean, I don't want to call it old boys club, but um, yeah, we had lots of great um, people around. Amazing, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, it's like that magic just wasn't happening that year. We were chatting before the show about the Fear podcast that you listened to a little bit, and I cannot believe he was a goalie coach because <laughs> his interview was kind of Grant's not a big talker, and I would. It seemed to me like as a goalie coach that he'd be like, I don't know, just stop the puck, bro. Like I don't know, I don't know technically <laughs> yeah. how to do it. I just stopped yeah. the puck. You know, that's all I did. I played <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I played eighteen, and then I stopped the puck. You know, right? Like, yeah, he doesn't seem to be the type no, to really yeah, no, break it down. It's more no. like, this is what I did. And, yeah. you know, I can't hardly explain it, but yeah, yeah he was always very uh, uh, chill. <laughs> yes, he's very chill. chill. Great guy. Yeah, he is very here, chill. Dude. That is actually a good yeah, good thing. Awesome. Uh, what's, awesome. the, what's the biggest misconception the media has about hockey? or players, hockey players, or hockey teams, or anything else. When you read, I don't know how much you read or follow it now, Boyd, uh, media guys, what what are some of the things that make you shake your head? Where you, I mean, I'm not calling you to name any names or writers or anything, but what are some of the things where you're just like, jeez, oh, these guys, like they don't get it. They don't get it. Is there stuff that comes to mind where you're like, these guys, they've never been in the room, they don't know what's going on, and, and, and you know, that kind of um, stuff? Yeah, I mean, I do read a lot. I mean, I Especially with what I had, you know, going with making sound and mm-hmm. was paying a lot more attention to, yeah, how the game is presented and the media aspect of it. Um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be curious myself to get in a locker room these days. I think the game uh, and certainly the media coverage, like with online, it wasn't around really right. until the tail end of when I was playing. Now it's just so prevalent, you know, camera phones and all this, all right. this stuff the guys have to deal with that I never had to deal with. So I think it's largely probably a lot different uh the way guys train is just you know it's a um uh it's you know it's so I mean, we, we worked hard but we did the knowledge base and mm-hmm. it's a 24-hour thing got their meals every meal planned it's it's uh yeah. it's um Sleep doctors. the innocence is lost yeah. but there's a lot at stake right so yeah. you can understand that everyone has um and you just, but you know, I kind of came in the league was still like kind of a liquid, the very tail end of the sort of liquid lunch days a little <laughs> bit, especially in Edmonton, right? Because that was like the lore. Right. Guys would go and have uh, you yeah. know beers and stuff, and really were tight and hung out a lot. You're like, hey, but Matt, that's never going to yeah. change that the guys are like that. But as far as the media misconception, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. It's I can hardly uh, speak. Like I say, I can hardly really speak to what it's like now because I think it's probably changed mm-hmm. a whole lot. I'd be curious myself, but right, I was... great, great people. You know, great guys, great people. I, you know, um, and guys want to win, right? Like yeah. I, I don't think that ever changes. And 
Um, yeah, like stuff like I, where I read, I read stuff like where they uh, they quit on the coach. Well, to me, like everybody, like you're playing for your contract, right? You're playing to make money, yeah. and so you want to score goals or or uh, play on the PK, whatever it is that you do well. Stop the puck. You want to do that. You want to continue to do that well, so that you can get another contract for more money and be more successful. So when I read the media guys say, "Oh, they quit on the coach." I, I mean, I don't get that, you know? I mean, I'm sure guys mm-hmm. roll their eyes at times, or coaches and things like that, but I don't know if that ever happens. Everybody's trying to – everybody got to the NHL yeah. by being ultra-competitive, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a base uh, – I mean, there's a base level of competitiveness and professionalism that everybody has in the league, or they wouldn't be playing in the league, no matter how skilled they are. Right. They've had to work and made sacrifices and been professional – to, you know, to a certain degree, that's just, that's the base. But then you have guys like that go over and above it that mm-hmm. are, I don't know, just your Crosby's, your Tays, your guys that you can, you're like, wow, you shake your head at how after it they are, you know, mm-hmm. like they're just, they want to win, they want it. So, but no one, not everybody can be like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's why they're at another level. Guys, everyone aspires to it. But as far as guys being lax to the degree that, I mean, we're all, everybody's a professional. Everybody works hard. Everybody wants to win. Um, but to be compared, but not everybody can be a taser or a Crosby. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. kind of a weird yeah. point I'm trying to make. But, mm-hmm. but there's no, you can't rip on a guy for, um, like, everyone's going to, at least to maintain that yeah. that level, yeah, you know, yeah, at least. So, yeah, absolutely. Your time in Toronto, uh, Paul Maurice, Ron Wilson. At the end, we talked about your last career, your last game, which was a hat trick. That was great. Um, did you have a more appreciation? Like you talked, you mentioned Matts earlier. Um, I remember you had some success playing pretty regularly. That when you first got called up from the Marlies, and yeah. um, and it was going pretty well. And then when you saw Matts at times with the with the media and everything else, I imagine you were like probably a little bit more. Um, appreciative of maybe his work that you hadn't thought of yeah. same as like playing with a guy right oh yeah he, um yeah Matt is one of those guys and just the playing in Toronto market in general but you know he gets you know he's just like a be just kind of curious even playing anywhere else in the league and I played in the league quite a long time at that point mm-hmm. or came to Toronto but you're curious what he's like and and yeah what kind of person he is so that was a real uh um yeah a real treat to get to know Matt and and uh play with him and and yeah, we experienced some success, particularly that first uh, season that, that I kind of got called up halfway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to, but man, every never failed to address the media and and just classy um, guy, right? Just and just yeah. wanted it, and yeah. you know, like that was like when I mentioned guys that you know, you're like, damn, I just want would have loved to. He deserves the cup. Like he wanted, you know, he wanted to win. He wanted to and dealing in that market all those years and all the pressure and never never shunned the media and. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you know respect from media, pl- other players, other teams, management. Like he was a, he was he was a great player and um, and just did everything um, everything right. It was you know winner through and through. So um, yeah, I loved playing with Max and it was you know really cool to get to know him. And um, yeah, and Toronto experience in itself was yeah really. We were so close. We missed the playoffs by a point. Yeah, that season. Oh, that was. It was the Islander game, right? It was the Islanders shootout. It was the Islanders. Game, right? Yeah, they yeah. beat the Devils in a shootout, and yeah. uh, and it was like, oh, because we were, man, we were playing good, and I was playing on a line, or I was playing with Steen and Staging, and we were 
consistent and clicking. And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, if we get in the playoffs, because we were playing big minutes because we were trying to have a check and roll, which is always fun for me because you're, yeah, you're playing against the top guys. Yeah. You're playing all sorts of minutes and uh, PK and, man, we're just clicking. So that was kind of my biggest, uh, you know, regrets, but I mean, biggest, uh, would love to experience playoff hockey in Toronto and, um, so, so close. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a fan. I remember, and like I said earlier on too, like with Martin Gerber too coming in, and, and it seemed like you know they just missed the playoffs by the one point, um, or, or okay, all right, we're gonna get a draft pick. No, Martin Gerber's gonna go on a on a tear here, and Devereaux is gonna score oh. three, and, and <laughs> um, oh, brutal. Yeah. No, it's just it, yeah. It seemed like as a as a Leaf fan, like I said, nothing's really gone right for a while. Yeah. Even the Game Seven collapse, but now I feel like things are moving along. And yeah. I'm okay with what they're doing with the yeah. Although I don't know how they tell these guys to stay home. Like they got you know Jared Cowan and they got this other guy, um, the goalie from San Jose. The name escapes me right now. And they just tell these guys, yeah, we don't need you. Oh, Staylock. Alex Daylock, and they're like, yeah, we don't need you. We're tanking, and we don't need you. And these players go, okay, I don't get that part yeah. of it, but whatever. So. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, you wonder whether it's sort of implement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading all sorts of articles about, um, you know, anyway, that, that, I forget the name of that particular system where they're, you know, you start to accrue points, your wins, like once you're eliminated or something. And then yeah, yeah, like, I saw that. The more wins you get once you're eliminated will increase your... Then you get number like one. That. Yeah, something I saw like that, that too. Some yeah. sort of incentive to win. I agree. Yeah, it might be not, um, might not be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, well, uh, and then you go to Switzerland. You go to Swiss, I guess. Did you shop around? Did you have any offers after the Leafs? Um, um, I would think you would have some two-way stuff on the table. and, and then thing, Yeah, it was a tough summer because I was really... You know, thought it played well, and uh-huh. then, um, I don't know. It was a strange thing. I just wasn't really getting a lot of. Oh, that's weird. You yeah. know, I, I wanted to sign a one way, of course, I guess, yeah. of course, but um, um, yeah, it was more like come to camp type of thing, and um, <laughs> and at that point, yeah, I just was really. It was either I was gonna, you know, if I couldn't sign a one way, I was kind of determined I was gonna go to Europe. You know, I kind of battled back twice. You know, being demoted and then right. both. You know, a couple of years with the Leafs in my third year with the Leafs to start in the minors, then made my way back up again. Um, so I was just, and it, it beats you up that league. I mean, it's a good, good, good league, good young guys like the AHL, and mm-hmm. um, I was kind of ready for something different if I couldn't stay in the NHL. Um, so yeah, basically that was the case. Uh, I kind of was going to give Europe a try instead of uh, the A. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so kind of, but. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to play in Switzerland and managed to make my way to Lugano, which is uh, on this kind of Italian um, or Swiss-Italian border. It's just unbelievable, beautiful uh, yeah. city, um, unbelievably scenic and uh, cool and um, very European. And, yeah, you kind of want to see where the game can take you and experience yeah. that type of thing. So I brought my family over. and That's um, beautiful out there, for sure. I've been yeah, there. It was yeah. gorgeous, yeah. 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 yeah, it was amazing. And, uh and yeah, that was really cool for a while. And then um, you get hurt. I was playing. Yeah, I got yeah. hurt. Okay, I was playing in the Spangler Cup for Canada, which is great. Yeah, so, um, being back and that's a really cool tournament in the mountains in Davos there over the Christmas break. Um, great to be amongst a bunch of Canadians again. And and um, yeah, and then anyway, just another open ice hit that really just a, kind of more of an awkward. It was heavy, but it I and I ended up like uh, I guess. Uh, fracturing a vertebrae oh, uh, yeah. in my neck 
And that was kind of, I remember it was kind of really scary immediately afterwards because they're like, oh, you might have to be in a halo for like 12 weeks. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I've just been battling and battling to survive for a while. I was just kind of <laughs> like, man, are you kidding me? And, uh, you know, you never expect these injuries to come around when they do. They're always a surprise. And I was like, shit, man. Yeah. So anyway, I had to go immediately back to Canada and uh, I should give it, well, Dr. Foreman, the least doctor, was so good to me because he's a good friend of mine still, and he was checking up on me and got me in to see, like, a specialist when I got back to Canada, and he was like, you should re- he wanted me to have, like, sur- like surgery right away. Oh, okay. He didn't Jeez. feel it was stable. Yeah. So oh. I was lucky enough, and they get a fender bender or something in the yeah, meantime yeah, yeah, really before works. I got back to Canada. <laughs> so and they, so I, I got to thank Dr. Foreman for taking looking out for me in that way. So anyway, got got operated on. It was stable and stuff, but I don't know. I, at that point, you know, talked to my wife and, you didn't want to risk it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I exactly. dodged a lot of bullets injury-wise, and I was like, this isn't worth it to go play back in Europe again. You know, catastrophic injury at this point. Well, and then, all, <laughs> so yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's, not like, it's not like the millions were pouring in either, right? So you're like, okay, well, risk, yeah. risk versus reward here. Like, Yeah, you know. I mean, you always you, you take that seriously. I mean, yeah. it's not an easy decision, and but it was really dictated by the injury. It wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't much of a decision. I was like, yeah, well, you could have played. You know, I was... I was like, it's you know, I've been lucky, and um, so yeah, so called it, called it a career, and and yeah, was, so I was happy to get over, you know, to at least experience what hockey was like overseas, and yeah, and uh, yeah, just really, I don't know, well, going thankful up, for yeah. the ride, thankful yeah, for the ride, six hundred over six hundred games and a cup win, gotta be, yeah, gotta be, yeah. gotta be stoked, right? Like, yeah, can't sure. complain. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that basically, you know, sometimes some days you're like, oh. Could I, what could I have done differently? What if I had done this? You know, and that's right. like, but then after a while, you're like, what? The, what's the point? You know, like <laughs> yeah, you got I mean, to do, yeah. like you got to dream, like, live a dream. Your competitive right? nature, your competitive nature, makes you do that. I think, but you're like, I couldn't really, yeah. All the you, it's all positive, hundred percent. If you uh, if you hadn't gotten hurt, you could have played in Europe for another twelve years, like McIlwain. I couldn't believe it when I. <laughs> You know, Brett, our buddy, mutual friend Brett, set me up with Dave, and I did. I, I couldn't believe he, I had no idea oh, nice. McIlwain played that long over there. <laughs> oh, he was crazy! I think I retired. Like he might have retired after me. He like, might have, like maybe the year after I retired. I, I was like incredible. He played forever, and he was like a major star and I know. scoring star in Germany for years. Guy's years. forty, so he had an unbelievable career. He's yeah. forty, still playing in a Swiss league. Oh, he still moves. He's still like we do some pickup and charity stuff. He yeah. still flies. Oh, crazy. That's hilarious. Well, hey, man, I kept, I kept you longer than I said I would, so I appreciate the, the time uh, uh, on the, for the Paul Pocky podcast. Like I said, great career, Stanley Cup win. Just to play on that Red Wings team, you know, memories yeah. forever, <laughs> I, you know, unbelievable. Um, so thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for yeah, the uh, right on. Thanks for, a lot, Steve. for the time thanks and for boy, me. boy Devereaux, and uh, we really appreciate it, man. And, uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Thanks a lot. All right, see you. Talk to you. Bye. Bye.